If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajara Levine Studios, this is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Friday here in Jacksonville, NFL Draft 2022. And uh, our first reaction to Trayvon Walker and also Devin Lloyd being the newest Jacksonville Jaguars. It's really not my first reaction, but at least on the ESPN 690 side. We've been on social media. We're on TV all night last night, all day today. And that will continue. But how do you feel, Jacksonville, now that you got two defensive players that really can add to what already is a pretty nice collection of talent if you take into account what's been here in free agency. I tell you what, you look on paper, this Jaguars defense looks like it could be formidable. It's a lot of projection, much like that first overall pick, Trayvon Walker, and we will talk a lot about that today. This is a polarizing pick of sorts, not because of the young man. I think everybody knows he's a talented guy, but... How talented is he? Have we seen enough to know exactly what he's going to look like in the NFL? Probably the answer to that is no. Should that matter? Well, we've seen plenty of player that has had production in the college game and not pan out in the NFL as well. So uh, this is all about what happens next, whether he had 14 sacks or nine and a half, uh, as he does in his entire career. Uh, so Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick, probably shouldn't be surprising, but again, still polarizing. And then the Jaguars get aggressive. Absolutely loved it. And they go linebacker, which surprised me a little bit from the position. Doesn't have any, like, head over heels. But the more you look at Devin Lloyd and his story and what he could bring to the table, and you listen to the conversation with Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber last night, and you listen to him uh, on a Zoom call and, and his reaction and picking up the, the commish, you know, I like this kid, too, I think, and I already do. So Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, a formidable couple of defensive players for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Lloyd, by the way, a lot of analysts saying is uh, one of the steals of the draft in round number one. Brett Morneau here at Jags Team Headquarters, and Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Shack Studios here on a Friday to put a bow on draft day one and look forward to draft day two and three by the way you can listen to the draft on espn 690 casey kurtz what you feeling now uh after trayvon walker and devin lloyd what was your your instant thoughts after those two guys come to jacksonville on night one yeah i mean you know uh we kind of knew it was coming with walker so i don't really feel any differently than i did um i like to hear what he said uh, i hope he does well uh, that you'll hear later on in the show. Tony Baselli did the same thing. Uh, everyone's not going to agree on the pick, right? And I don't necessarily agree with it, but I want him to do well. Uh, he said all the right things today. Uh, definitely a good kid, talented for sure, so I guess we're going to have to see. And then when it comes to Devin Lloyd, I'm excited about that because to the point we made for three months, if you love somebody to that point, go get him. I don't care what position they play. If you love him, you think he's a starter on either side of the football, then go get him and to – to your earlier point, a lot of people thought he would go earlier, and there was a slip there. And he's talented, and he's another guy that's kind of a freaky athlete. So now you have two of them, and if you look at what they did in free agency, they signed other couple pretty good athletes. So you can kind of see what they're going to start to do on the defensive side of the ball. They want guys that fly around, and that's what they're going to get. I'm excited for Devin Lloyd, absolutely, but I love the idea that they loved him enough to use what they had to go get him. 
I yeah, me too. I think uh, everybody likes the idea. Lloyd is obviously a talented guy, the linebacker position, and maybe the best linebacker on a lot of people's boards. But I think they love the idea that the Jags got aggressive. I do too, which means they won't pick 33rd overall tonight now, but they still have 65 and 70. And could they get aggressive again? We're going to talk about what the Jags could do, but I'll give you just this little sense here that there's not a lot out there on the offensive side of the ball. And if you're looking for best player available over the next round or so, and so where will they find maybe a weapon or more protection for Trevor Lawrence? Also, what jumps out in terms of what the Jags need? Defensive interior could still be a play here, but I doubt they use the first three picks on defense. We know center. We know guard. Uh, we think receiver. We think running back. But is there anything glaring now on this roster that says, okay, if they don't get this in the next couple of picks, I don't feel good at all. We'll talk about that uh, coming up. By the way, some big news out of baseball uh, that I'm just going to share with you as a headliner. Trevor Bauer has been suspended by Major League Baseball for two years. So he didn't play the last part of last year. He wasn't playing the early part of this year. And his situation, uh, which we'll get into a little bit more later on, uh, is obviously put him on the shelf for a couple of years. Major League Baseball suspending Trevor Bauer for two years that just came out in the last 90 seconds. So uh, big story out of Major League Baseball today. We'll get into it a little bit more later on, but wanted to share the headline. All right, Trayvon Walker, let's talk a little bit more about him. I just uh, spent a little, few minutes with him. We just had the news conference, then talked to him down on the field. Nice family. Uh, he's a family kid. He's a humble kid. He's kind of quiet. He's super tired right now, I can tell you that. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind over the last 24 hours, and this whole draft process is certainly tiring uh, for these guys. we got a superb athlete in Jacksonville. How will the Jags use him? We'll hear from Trent Bulky. We'll hear from Doug Peterson. We'll hear from Trayvon Walker. And, and simply put, Casey, here's the deal. This is a guy that says, watch the tape a little closer. Watch a little closer. Don't just worry about the sack totals. Everybody lo looks at sacks, sacks, sacks. Well, I'll share a total with you. He also had 36 hurries to lead Georgia. So he was around the quarterback, impacting the quarterback. Nine and a half sacks, it won't blow the doors off anybody. Uh, but that was a terrific defense. They asked him to do some different things. They wanted to really cloud the run game. He did that superbly. And so the question in Jacksonville is, with Trayvon Walker kind of sticking on the edge, learning the edge, going to get the passer and doing what edge guys do instead of maybe two, three, four different things in a defense, can he be a supreme player? Can he be elite? Can he impact games? Well, the Jags think so. He thinks so. The fans are kind of split on this, Casey. I mean, this is about a, I feel like this is about as 50-50 of a pick that I've seen uh, recently here in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's the Jags, right? And we've seen a lot of things not work out, so it's fair to be skeptical in my opinion, especially when the Lions made the pick .4 seconds after the Jags pass on Aiden yeah. Hutchinson. So even though we thought it was going to happen, the Lions were pretty excited that that's how it played out. So I think... It's fair, in my opinion, to be uh, just not totally sold on it. And that's for the Jags and for Doug Peterson and the defensive staff to make us that way. If you, When we play back some of the news conference, you'll hear it, but they have a plan on how they want to use him. And when he gets in here as soon as rookie minicamp, they're excited to start building him and how they want to use him in their defense. So I like the things I'm hearing from both him, Doug Peterson, Trambalki as well. But I'm not sold, and I'm not going to be sold until I see it. So I think it's fair for the fans to be like, you know what, I need to see it to believe it because they've been through a lot. 
Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? So how much is this about Trayvon Walker? Like, if Detroit were to pick Trayvon Walker, uh, let, actually, let's not go tra- Detroit. Let's just say, who was picking? Well, all the four teams really at the top. Um, let's say Carolina. Carolina hasn't been, like, miserable. They're not that good, but they're also not miserable, uh, like those organizations have been. Houston has lost a lot of favor with the fans based on recent years. Detroit has been Detroit. Jags have been Jags. Jets have been Jets. So if you're talking about, like, and, and again, this would come different because it would be like Trayvon Walker sixth overall, and our perception is so clouded when it comes to the number one pick, number two pick versus the sixth pick, the 13th pick, the 20th pick, and everything else. But the bottom line is he could have gone anywhere in the top ten. And if he goes to Carolina, I, I just don't feel like the folks in Carolina are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to use him? He didn't have this many sacks. This guy, this guy, this guy. Well, it is different in Jacksonville because you could have had Aiden Hutchinson, who had 14 sacks last year, was a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, you could have had Kayvon Thibodeau. And three of those guys go in the top five, which means now you'll be measuring against those three guys for really their entire career. And you'll know if you got it right or not. You had the chance to get the best guy. And so, uh, you know, if it's Carolina and they've picked better than the Jags and had more recent success, like, does the fan base feel this way? I would say no. So to your point, I think this is scar tissue built up in Jacksonville where there's just a lack of trust, quite frankly. And that's, by the way, not on Doug Peterson. I mean, he's been here for two months. Uh, It's a little bit on Trent Baalke, but he hasn't really been here that long either. That's on the organization, and they've been an inability to get it right, especially with the top picks. Uh, And then it's the eye test. And the eye test says we see numbers and we see sacks, and that's what pass rushers do, and that's all that matters that they do. Well, that, too, is not going to fall in favor of Trayvon Walker right now because he doesn't have that sack production that others have had, especially a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. I do think there are a couple of false narratives out there. One, this whole didn't make all conferences, conference stuff. I mean, I get it. It's somewhat historic, right, because he's the first guy not to do it since 1967. But we're basically saying, like, great, the media gave this guy a nod to be all conference or didn't give this guy a nod to be all conference, and that's what we're, That's one of the big reasons we're saying this guy wasn't a good pick. I mean, I think that's a little foolish and short-sighted in, in that respect. He's also playing on a team loaded with talent in a, in a conference that's loaded with talent. Um, as well, and he did make an all-freshman team in the SEC, if that counts for anything. Uh, Obviously, it doesn't count for that stat. So, uh, again, I get it. I'm not hammering anybody for having their doubts. I I just want to see where all that comes from. And then the flip side is, where does the projection come from? Are we just looking at a really good athlete that has the tools and the skills? Did, did these guys really investigate the tape? How do they feel so confident? Why do they feel so confident he's going to fit in this defense? And that's really a hard thing to answer for all of us because we don't know what Mike Caldwell's defense even looks like. I mean, we think it's 3-4 and, and it's going to show those kind of principles. But outside of that, like, where are they lining people up? We don't really know yet. And so I think we just have a hard time grasping, placing, and seeing this pick as, well, a number one overall pick. Trevor was easy. Aiden Hutchinson, oh, we saw him. He was at the Heisman Trophy presentation, and we saw him make 14 sacks last year. I get it. That's easy. I can see that. But I also don't think we should be that scared that the Detroit Lions, of all teams, picked Aiden Hutchinson. Ask Lions fans if they're really that confident about Hutchinson. They're not confident at all what the Lions are going to do. (laughs) whether they ran it up in 30 seconds or they waited the nine minutes. So some of this stuff is on the periphery. 
Um, but when you dial it down, the Jags have complete confidence in Trayvon Walker. This kid obviously has extreme talent, and now it's up to him to get the most out of his talent. The Jags to put him in position to get the most out of his talent, impact football games, and be a really good player for this team. And I will say this, Casey, I like the way this defense looks on paper now. I mean, you can see it. You have to project it. You have to hope that things go well, but you have to do that with anything on paper. This team has filled some holes on paper on that side of the ball, and almost overnight in one offseason look to be so much better than they were the last two seasons. Yeah, I agree with you in, in that point. I think that on paper they, they do look really good, especially with what you did at cornerback. Now you have a pass rush that you at least like. You have the linebackers. So, yeah, uh, but I think there – obviously you talked about it a little bit. There are a couple holes. You're probably going to want to get somebody on the interior, maybe safety as well. we got a long way to go, and as far as I understand it, definitely still some six-round picks. So I think they will start to uh, fill those holes, if you will. But, you know, I think back to what you were saying just a couple minutes ago about the All-SEC and all that, I think if the roles were flipped, though, if this guy was All-SEC and he was all this and all that, we'd put it on a graphic. So, to un- like, we'd be touting him if he is, but now that he's not, we're trying to dismiss it. I understand the point you're trying to make that it doesn't really matter, but I think it is fair to say that if this guy was those stats, we would make a bigger deal about it. Yeah, and that's a good call, right? I mean, again, it's all about how we feel and perception and all this stuff, and, and it's just part of it. I mean, listen, he became this favorite all of a sudden because everybody was talking about him, and then they were like, wow, he's going to get – like, we believe every mock draft. I mean, Hutchinson was the guy for so long, and he was never the guy. <laughs> it's not like the Jags changed their mind. He was never the guy. And, and I think that was crystal clear. Like, this wasn't that hard a decision. You get the idea for the Jags. And so, again, we go forward – we look three years down the road, Nathan Hutchinson has 20-something sacks, and Trayvon Walker, uh, you know, is a good player but not a great player and has 12 or whatever. Well, we're going to hammer the Jags for it. Absolutely we will because they had the opportunity to get Hutchinson. So uh, I, I will go back to what Austin said, you know, for weeks and weeks on this show. He liked Kayvon Thibodeau, but he thought in this defense that Walker would be a better fit than Hutchinson. And so that fa- that's fascinating, too. Is, is this really just a fit play, like you said, Casey? And, and I think Tr- Trent Polky just kind of said that it's a good fit here. I don't think you can make it just on fit because you want a guy around for 10 years, and who knows if coaches and schemes and all that are going to be around. You want a guy that can be versatile and play in a bunch of different things. But at least for the right now, it seems like Trayvon Walker is a, uh, is a very good selection for the Jacksonville Jaguars in this defense. You know, Dave Caldwell said something, former GM of the Jags, a few years back. We, they were trying to fix the offense and find offense and quarterback and receiver, all this stuff. And in their minds, they thought they could fix the defense almost overnight, meaning like an offseason. And when they, they kind of did. Now, they built it. They've got Telvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey, and they got some players. Well, the Jags have had some players, right? They got some Shaq Griffin and Tyson Campbell last year, and they got Josh Allen a couple years ago. But now you look at what they added, and what I wonder is, I'm not saying this is going to be Saxonville and as dynamic, but did the Jags just change their defense overnight to the point where they can be, like, really good? Well, you're, again, Lloyd and Walker have to play a role in that. But don't sleep on Fadakasi and uh, Aluakon and Darius Williams. I mean, the cornerback room for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the secondary, you got to feel good about. Now don't you feel really good about their linebacker situation? Aluakon and Lloyd? Doesn't that look really good? 
Like, I can see that thing flying around, and we've seen Aluakon do it, and Lloyd looks as ready as, as ready can be to jump in and play. Fadakasi, you got to hope that he, that he makes a difference. They just spent some pretty big bucks on him. Then you add the depth of the Roy Robertson Harrises of the world, Malcolm Browns of the world, and then you go Josh Allen and now Walker, and then again the depth of the Dewan Smoots, Caleb on chase on if he can make an impact, Arden Key if he can make an impact. Tell you what, man, I, I, again, I said it looks pretty good on paper. This defense should be so much better in the two categories where they have been so bad. Sacks, affecting the quarterback, and turnovers. Sacks and turnovers. This team has been so bad in that respect since that Jacksonville team was so good on defense in 17, even a glimpse of it in 18, and then it started to fall apart. Well, this uh, time around, maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be very good, formidable on that side of the ball. And then you wonder about the offensive side of the ball. We talk a little bit more about Lloyd. We talk about Walker as well. We'll hear from Trent Bulky, Doug Peterson, Trayvon Walker throughout the show. Stuart Weber did a fantastic job out in Las Vegas uh, at the draft. And we'll hear from uh, Devin Lloyd and his one-on-one conversation with him. Lloyd, by the way, will be in town later tonight. His flight gets in. He'll be introduced tomorrow morning, it looks like, here in Jacksonville, similar to the way Trayvon Walker was. So another day to wait on Devin Lloyd. But uh, we'll go to Vegas. Uh, We'll have a bunch of reaction here. And then we project and look into tonight. What are the Jags going to do? Should they get aggressive again? Is it receiver? Is it offensive line? Does it have to be offense? A lot more discussion. And how about everybody else on draft night? Did we see all those trades going? Nine teams have multiple picks. The Jets have three first-round picks. Big winners, big losers. And, oh, by the way, the Tennessee Titans, did they get worse last night? because of the move they made. We talk about it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Rolls on here from Jags headquarters. Draft day, day two of the 2022 NFL Draft. We're talking all about it on ESPN 690. Uh, to answer your first question, I didn't really know until right before the draft, just like everybody else, but I had a pretty good idea and um just to all the people that say that i can't pass rush or do whatever i didn't wasn't as productive at georgia um i've never really just played one position position consistently so um i feel like i'll be able to grow as a player once i just focus on one main position that is Trayvon Walker just a short time ago here at Jags headquarters as he's introduced. A uh, young man got about 25 minutes of sleep last night, and that was it. So uh, you feel for, for these guys. Uh, he, well, I don't really feel that bad for him. <laughs> he's just struggling rich, which is awesome. Uh, he's the number one overall pick. And, by the way, it meant, meant something to him. I, I chatted with uh, Trayvon Walker just a short time ago, and, you know, top five, top ten, first round, being drafted, all those things are special. But uh, being the number one overall pick, certainly was special for him and a goal of his uh, growing up as a kid. I think a couple of other uh, interesting anecdotes is he knows Trevor and and Trevor growing up in Georgia and Cartersville and and uh, Trayvon and Thomaston, Georgia, so not too far away. And obviously Trevor, a legend in the state for all the records, and, and Walker even acknowledged that. But on uh, visits and, and other things like that, they had run into each other, so he knows them. And, and he saw him on his visit to Jacksonville, and uh, he was getting a workout in, I guess, 
Trevor was, and he came running up to Walker and said hello. So there's an instant connection there with the quarterback uh, and the number one overall pick of this year. So that's uh, kind of a nice thing. Obviously, there's Tyson Campbell connection between the Georgia Bulldogs uh, and Trayvon Walker and Tyson Campbell. So now the Jags are have started to go that route, tapped into the, the Georgia water a little bit uh, to get some of their top selections. Uh, for so long, it was the Gators. that We've obviously seen the Seminoles. But it was like a 20-year dry spell of picking a Georgia Bulldog and now a couple of them in the last couple of drafts very high. And could they get another one tonight? We'll see. Is it George Pickens, or could they land on another Georgia Bulldog, uh, maybe even on the defensive side of the ball? We will find out. Brent Martineau here at Jags headquarters, along with Casey Kurtz, back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. We really have a lot to get to from a reactionary standpoint. And so uh, let's do that now. Stuart Weber in Vegas the last couple of days did a fantastic job, and obviously we have all the reaction back home in Jacksonville. It was a terrific party. Uh, last night, draft night uh, in Duval, our three-hour special on the TV side. It was a gorgeous day. It's another beautiful day in Jacksonville here. So it, it made for a nice night. I loved it over in Daly's Place, six, seven, eight thousand people. And uh, they had a good time. And then the Jags got back in. I think they should have extended the party, Casey, uh, because all of a sudden at around 11 o'clock, we probably could have sold a few more pints. They cut it off? Well, yeah, I mean, appropriately so. I mean, what the Jags picked at like 8.20. So they made you leave, though? Oh, they didn't make us leave. But uh, by, well, by like 10 o'clock, everybody was out, you know. They should have um, told the people like, hey, hold on. This guy's well, falling a little bit. We like him. Yeah. yeah. Wait a well, minute. It's a little different than last year, right? That last pe- people did hang around a little bit. I, I don't know if he, they hung around for ETN last year because, again, that pick comes about 11 o'clock. So I don't think the party even went that long last year inside the stadium. But at least they knew they had the 25th overall pick at right. that point. This time around, they didn't. So, uh, you know, the, the crowd starts to – I mean, it was jam-packed in there. You saw probably our TV coverage and stuff we were tweeting out, and it was jammed inside Daly's Place, like, for that 45 minutes building up and a little bit after the pick and the reaction to the pick. And then it starts getting a little bit more uh, scarce as people go home and head home. Uh, but it's just a, a really nice night, a beautiful night, a lot of electricity, and uh, I think it was it was really good from here all the way to Las Vegas. So speaking of Las Vegas, Marvin Jones Jr. was out there, and Stuart Weber caught up with him uh, in Vegas about this draft, about the pick, about the new regime as the, the Jacksonville Jaguars head into the Doug Peterson era. A year ago, it was Trevor Lawrence as that number one pick. This year, they go with Trayvon Walker. Of course, you knew about that Trevor Lawrence, or you pretty much knew when you signed with the Jaguars a year ago. Marvin Jones, Jaguars wide receiver, joining us now. Always exciting when you get new teammates, and that's what we're doing right now with the NFL Draft. Yeah, it's always exciting, you know, just especially for the veterans because, you know, you remember when you were in, you know, everybody's shoes, you know, uh, you know, but bright-eyed rookie, you know, just ready to impress in the NFL, so. Uh, for me, that was 11 years ago, uh, so I've seen a lot of football, and this is a great time to, you know, be around here um, and catch his vibe, definitely. I feel like you can give us a good perspective on what these rookies are walking into. Uh, you've had a couple days of workouts with Doug Peterson and that staff, the group kind of coming together, of course, getting together with Trevor Lawrence in the offseason, a big part of it. Uh, tell me about this offseason and how we continue to kind of work forward. I think the offseason has been amazing, you know.
veteran coaches that uh, a lot of them have played the game and they've been in our shoes and they, they just know how it works, you know. So um, they automatically get that respect, um, you know, off top when you do that. So, um, you know, um, the coaches have been amazing. Um, definitely a player's coach, definitely somebody who knows the game and is excelled at the highest level, both as a player and a coach. Um, and that's what you want in, in, in the coach. So uh, most definitely it's been exciting. Uh, we got out there, had, had some mini camps, so we got out there and um, and, uh, and really really did a good job of, of working together and, 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 and balling out. So uh, it's all good. We always like the dynamics of the different position groups, so I'll leave you with this one. Uh, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones jumping in, joining this wide receiving core. Uh, what's it been like getting, the, getting together with those guys and, and kind of picturing it in your head like, all right, I can see some of these three wide formations and, and some of these schemes that we're going to be able to run with this talent around me. Oh, most definitely. I mean, we just finished our uh, third practice. We had a, had, a, had our mini camp, so um, I got a chance to watch them and uh, be alongside of them, uh, and it's, it was fun. It was fun right from the start. So uh, you're gonna see you're gonna see some dynamic, uh, a lot of a lot of dynamics going on, uh, different things. Everybody has different attribute, attributes to uh, you know provide for the team to win games and to make explosive plays for the fans and everybody. So it's gonna be amazing. That is Jaguars wide receiver Marvin Jones here in Las Vegas at the NFL Draft. Let's send it back to you. All right, that is Marvin Jones and Stuart Weber. Nice shot by Weber, and we're going to keep pushing out some of the stuff he had. It was terrific. But that Bold City Brigade party out in Vegas, like, they must have spent a fortune, Casey. I mean, I mean it, yeah. it was an unbelievable party. Like, uh, we showed a lot of live pictures from it. it. You could hear how loud it is, right? But uh, Marvin Jones Jr., it was, I mean, Baselli, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith. Uh, again, we'll hear from a lot of these folks. Uh, Bruce Smith was out there. I think Ed Tutal, Jones. I mean, but so many people, I, I don't know if there was a big-time sponsor putting that on or whatever, but I know they flew those guys out there and paid them for appearances. Um, and it might have been some body paint on display as well. It's um, Vegas, so, man. Uh, it's Vegas. And uh, I, maybe somebody hit the jackpot out there. I don't know what the the Bold City Brigade party, but it was um, it was pretty good stuff, and Stuart Weber has more of that. Uh, we will continue to push that on on social media. If you didn't catch all our TV coverage last night, I don't want to assume you did, uh, but you were missing out if you did not on CBS 47 and uh, Fox 30. Very interesting to hear from Marvin Jones Jr., right? And you'll, uh, we hopefully will hear from Shaq Griffin a little bit later on, too, if we, if we have time and can. He joined us on set last night, but they both said something. They, they both almost said the exact same quote, Casey. And I've heard, I've heard Shaq say this a couple of times. First time I've heard Marvin say it. And when he looks at this staff, he's talking about guys that have played the game. Mm -hmm. And you look at Peterson, who obviously played it for a while, and then the quarterbacks that he has and, and quarterback experience that he has on the offensive side of the ball. And then you look at defense, and you got Mike Caldwell played in the game and Brinson Buckner will play. And so that really rings true and registers. And – that's not that uncommon in the NFL to have assistant coaches and even coaches that have played. I mean, it's not, it doesn't mean you have to do it, but it's not uncommon, especially to have assistant coaches that are doing it or have done it. But I think if you juxtapose that from last year to this year and what Urban didn't know about the NFL, and by the way, that Marvin Jones Jr. guy, he is not sad to see a coaching change, I think. Yeah. It's fair to say. Yep. I just think it's interesting that those guys bring that up. They're like, they know what we're going through. They know what we need. They've been around it. It just, I, I don't know if it says as much about this current regime and the staff that Doug put together, which it might, or if it really says what went wrong last year and that guy had no clue about how the NFL works. But 
pretty interesting how we've, we continue to hear that. And as you listen to interviews with players and veteran players, that might click in your mind, and, and it's clicked in mine. And I just think it's fascinating that that's what they pick up on uh, with this new regime. And Doug Peterson uh, should be able to help a guy like Marvin Jones have a, you know, maybe one more good year of his career. Marvin Jones Jr. is, is getting up there. He's not, I mean, old. He still can get it done. He actually had some decent numbers last year and some good moments. But he was put in a tough spot, obviously. Uh, I, I wonder if he can have one more, like, bigger year uh, under his belt at the age of, I think he's going to be 32 or might already be 32 uh, years old for the Jaguars wide receiver. All right, we're going to keep talking about Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd, but since we just had Marvin Jones, let's spin this forward. Casey, go ahead if you want to. Find your favorite draft Nick analyst, expert, whatever. Daniel Jeremiah, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper Jr., Dane Brugler, whoever you want. Okay. And when you put up best player available now remaining, going into the second round, and keep in mind the Jags have picked 65 and 70, go ahead and look at the offensive players. And you're going to be like, hmm, there's not a lot to pick from here. Because there's a lot of defensive players that are still kind of in that best player available category from edge guys to interior guys, maybe some corners in there. There are some quarterbacks that will go off the board because they always get shoved higher, including Malik Willis, who didn't get drafted last night. Uh, there, are, There's definitely going to be some offensive linemen, but it's not a litany of offensive linemen. There's some wide receivers, but nah, I'm not sure how many of you get you overly excited. There's some running backs like a Brees Hall might be a guy that really could get you excited, but he's not making it to the third round. So you start projecting this thing, and I'm thinking, okay, the Jags probably need to help Trevor out a little bit more, need to do a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball for Doug Peterson and that staff as well. But what are they doing? Who are they getting? Where are they going? What do they do with pick 65 and 70 if they stay there? Yeah, I think in terms of best player available, according to D Daniel Jeremiah, is when you get to the offensive side of the ball anyway, I should say. you got a couple of running backs leading the way there, and then when you get to the wide receiver spot, it's a name that I know a lot of people are interested in, and Sky Moore, uh, obviously still available. Christian Watson is also a guy at the wide receiver position that's going to be available. But there's a lot, like, the top of his list is all defensive players. We know it's been a lot of good defensive players in the draft, but... As you see it, the offensive playmakers that might actually be starters early in their careers are few and far between, and getting them to the third round will be tough as well. So if you love a guy like Sky Moore or uh, the uh, Christian from Christian Watson from North Dakota State, you might have to make a move to go get those guys because they might not be there when you finally get to pick at 65. Yeah, and I think, okay, give me, you just said Sky Moore, right? Mm -hmm. um, did you mention the kid out of uh, North Dakota State? Yeah, Christian okay. Watson. And, and uh, George Pickens is a name that depends what list you look at. Pickens could be anywhere from, like, the second guy off the board tonight to, like, a guy that might slip all the way almost into the third round. He, he's got a wide array of evaluation. Yeah, Jeremiah has him as 61. And in, in overall, like, best player available and uh, when the draft started, and he's a long way down when they're, you have guys like N'Kobe Dean still on the board. So. Uh, he has both of those other receivers ranked above George Pickens, so George Pickens and then Justin Ross is another guy that we probably know the name of that is still obviously available. Yeah, so you bring up an interesting point. The Jags, should they get aggressive again? They have 65-70. They still have another uh, fourth-round pick. They traded one away, and then they've got still the, some back-end picks. Do they get – if let's just – just for the heck of it, 
they picked 65, and at pick 56, George Pickens is still there, and, and they covet him. They like him, and they think he slipped a little bit. They're like, hey, there's a lot of value there. Let's go see what we got. I mean, I think everybody would be on board with packaging some picks and moving up, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so because when you realize your guy's not going to get to you, yeah, you have to make a move and you have to be aggressive. I wonder, though, we all, everybody wants them, the stream, the listeners, every person, me and you, wants them to go get a wide receiver. But what if it's not? Like, there's a guy like Travis Jones who's an interior defensive lineman. He's available still. 37th best player in the draft, according to Daniel Jeremiah. Like, I understand it'd be surprising, but what if they go get another guy on the defensive side of the ball? Like, I don't think that's out of the question either from what they've already been doing. Well, you just went right into my wheelhouse there, man. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's, I think the fan base is going to struggle with this maybe tonight because I think there's a really good chance that your best player available at 65, if you stay there, is like a defensive interior guy. And maybe we're, we're pushing too much the defensive interior need. Jags do have Fadakasi, who they signed. They have Malcolm Brown. They have Devon Hamilton. They have Roy Robertson-Harris. I mean, they've got some guys that are, they've invested in. What we don't know is how much they like those guys and how much they like in this fit, this scheme, this everything else. And, and if the depth is at defensive front, meaning edge and interior, I would not be stunned if the Jacksonville Jaguars went defense again with pick 65. Now, I also think guard and center could really come into play. I just don't know if wide receivers coming into play, and I really doubt they're picking running back in the third round. I don't see it, but maybe they like somebody enough to do it. But I think this next pick, one out of the next two picks, seriously might be a, a big fella on defense and a big fella on offense. That's where my money would probably go, even though I'm with everybody else. Like, I'd like to see them go get, if uh, George Pickens falls or somebody they like at wide receiver is there, go get him. Yeah, I, I think there's – and there's still a lot of edge rushers left in this draft. I understand Lots. that, you know, you just picked Trevon Walker. I get that. But, you know, I wouldn't be too upset if they somehow ended up with another pass rusher because you can never have enough of them. So I think that – I think it's going to be a very interesting thing to see what they do, and I, I agree with you. I don't necessarily think it's going to be wide receiver, but to your point, just another point you made, if you get to 65, you get to 70, and Brees Hall's still there, Oof. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd strongly consider it. I understand James Robinson. We had this conversation yesterday. The dude ran for 42 touchdowns in the last two years. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a game-breaker. Kenneth Walker's another guy that if he's there at 70 – I don't know, man. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, it, those are two names that are interesting at the running back spot. And I think if I heard Trent Baalke right in the pre-draft luncheon, there's not a lot of names that intrigue them in the middle of the rounds and running back, but there are a few. Uh, so you keep an eye on that. I, I just think it, it it's funny about a team that's won four games over the last two years because they've had so many draft picks. You sit here and you're like, okay, they do need to get better. But at 65 and 70, like you're not getting blue chippers anymore, most likely. So how much better are you getting, and therefore, where do you go? Like, what positions? I mean, if they draft somebody at 70 as a guard, is that guy beating out Ben Barch, who's now been in the league for a couple of years? Like, I don't, I don't think that's automatic. No, I don't either, and that's why I come back to the running backs, because I think those guys might be blue chippers, at least Barice Hall. So if you have an opportunity at 70, you get a good football player, in my yeah. opinion. Well, and that's, you just said something. That's what they have to continue to do. Just go get good football players almost at any position. I kind of agree with you on the edge. Like, you can't have enough. Now, 
How do they feel about a guy like Jordan Smith? They just drafted him last year. The, we mentioned Dewan Samut, Arden Key, Caleb on Chason. Like, there's evaluations. We don't know how they look and therefore build their board, but uh, we talked about it yesterday. Those running backs intriguing, and also those edge guys. There might be some empty spaces on the edge in terms of the roster that might never produce for the Jags. So maybe replacing some of those is an option for the Jags. We'll talk more about tonight. We talk more about last night, though, when we come back. Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690. We're live at Jags headquarters here on a Friday. It's draft week, day two. A lot more to get to with the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight and tomorrow on ESPN 690. confident that we went to uh, the extreme to, to try to try to keep uh, AJ here. This is just another example of making tough decisions that hopefully in the long run it's going to make our team better. I'm assuming that's John Robinson. I mean, that's Mike Brable, one of the two, but I'm going with Robinson. Brable. Dang it. He was upset, it looks like. Did you see that video? I didn't see the video now, but, I mean, he said like a week ago, as long as I'm the coach, he's going to be the receiver here. Yeah, when it popped up, he kind of stood up and uh, did a little rap, lap around the war room, and his face said, what are we doing here? So Really? Yeah, I don't I don't think uh, Mike Vrabel was the biggest fan of what transpired last night. Um, the big story there is A.J. Brown traded. It's a wild scene, right? A.J. Brown kind of wanted out or at least wanted a new deal. He didn't necessarily want out. He wanted a new deal, much like D.K. Uh, Metcalf and uh, Debo Samuel. I'm sorry, it wasn't Metcalf. It was Debo Samuel, McLaurin, and Brown. Remember, that all came out like two Mondays ago. And so I guess they made him an offer is the story, but it wasn't a good enough offer. So it was like, all right, get me out of here. And the Titans got him out of there. And so they trade. And then the guy they pick to replace him is like comp to A.J. Brown, Traylon Burks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's the way of the world when it comes to receivers. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? That, like, I feel like Tennessee got a lot worse last night. But the future might be better because of it, and they'll be cheaper and better off for it from a financial standpoint. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You saw that. A.J. Brown already got paid uh, a lot of money, and Traylon Burke's going to make $3 million this year. So if you think you have a guy that's going to be A.J. Brown, he's literally the comp for A.J. Brown, and you can get him for $22 million cheaper, then, you know, maybe you try it. I think it hurts him in the long run, to your point. I agree with or the right now. But in the long run, who knows? I think we all like Traylon Burks around here. We've talked about him a lot in terms of a guy that Jags might want to go after. Doesn't come out that way. But in the immediate, yeah, I think Tennessee got worse. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can even make a case that they didn't get worse. I mean, this is – I think I heard an NFL Network or something, Good Morning Football, was saying this, and they said it in this context, so I'll say it to you because this is what caught my attention. I already said it to Casey today on our phone conversation. They're like, the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, without Derrick Henry the second half of last year pretty much – we're the number one seed in the AFC. Now, listen, I thought they were a bit overrated all year. I always think the Titans are overrated. But they were the number one seed in the AFC, and they've been consistent threats the last few years. And they just traded away a top three player on their roster. Yeah. And now they got cheaper. They got a replacement that could be very good. A lot of people like Traylon Burks. I'd be bragging about Burks if the Jags traded up and got him or got him. So I'm not saying the guy's bad. But there's no way in hell he's as good as A.J. Brown right now. 
No. And the window to win right now might be right now <laughs> because Derrick Henry has been awesome. But he's in the prime of his career, and he's a running back. And how much longer does that go? I'm not suggesting he's about on his downside. Not yet. But I'm also not here to tell you he's going to do this for the next four or five years. So the bottom line is the Titans did get worse last night. And now they've put a lot in their bucket to say, hey, Robert Woods, who we acquired, is going to make a major impact. And Traylon Burks, we think, is going to make an immediate impact. And I think he'll make an impact, Casey. But I'd rather line up against Traylon Burks in the fall here in Jacksonville than against A.J. Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I imagine the only quarterback more upset than Aaron Rodgers might be Ryan Tannehill because he's kind of fighting for a job right now. I understand he's getting paid a lot of money, but he needs to have a good season. And when you take away his number one weapon, I'm sure he's not thrilled about that. Um, so it it makes me think about the Titans a little differently. Obviously, they still have a lot of other good players at other positions, talented for sure. But, you know, I if I was a Titans fan, I'd be a little disappointed. But I guess we really see we will see what Traylon Burks is, if he's living up to the hype, because he's definitely going to have the opportunity to become a number one receiver very early in his career. Yeah, well, that is true. Um, and, again, you see, listen, I wasn't even the biggest, biggest, biggest of A.J. Brown fans. He's a good player, but I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, about him. And I'm not that way about Robert Woods. You are. You love Robert Woods. Yeah, I, I do love Robert Woods, but I loved him even more when, like, A.J. Brown was there as well. Yeah. I don't like the idea that Robert Woods is now going to be the number one person that you're looking at the night before in a meeting when you're trying to figure out who you have to stop on in their receiver room. Yeah, and, and Gigantor Jax, who uh, has threatened to come down here uh, and, and say something to Trent Baalke if they go defense at 65, also just asked, how many good years does Derrick Henry have left? And I, I think I just – like, I didn't answer that succinctly. I think it's hard to know because he's been a hard guy to predict in his career. But we might have seen the last of Derrick Henry running for – 17, 1,800, 2,000-yard seasons, right? I mean, nobody. are we predicting that's going to happen for the next year, two, three? I'm not coming off injury, and it's already a hard enough thing to do. Now, he's still going to be a force. They're still built around him. But, I, I mean, what do you think? Like three years max at this kind of production? Yeah, uh, that seems like a fair number. Um, he's obviously a specimen. He's been doing it literally his whole life, including in high school. He's been getting the football nonstop, so he is built up to it. Uh, you know, the injury is concerning. I'm not going to count out Derrick Henry, though. And he's yeah. definitely going to get the football this year now. Getting rid of A.J. Brown, if anything, the workload stays the same or goes up even more. Yeah, so uh, a big move in the AFC South. You know, we've talked a lot about that these weeks. Can the Jags close the gap? Well, the Jags, by the way, against teams that really like to run in the AFC South, like the Titans and Colts, they just picked up a big-time linebacker and a big-time run stuffer. Everybody's talking about the sacks and the pass rush. This guy was elite against the run now on the edge. So this isn't a Yannick Ngakwe situation where there's going to be questions about his run defense. He can play physical, and the Jags got better yesterday stopping what the strength of the division is, and that is the running game. Might not be the strength of the rest of the NFL, but it's the strength of this division. Don't lose sight of that now. We've got more conversations coming up, including what just took place downstairs right below me in the Jags team meeting room when they introduced Trayvon Walker. Trent Falky talks about it. Doug Peterson talks about it as well. We're coming back with more live from Jags headquarters. Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690.
If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 